0: And we're back, folks. Little snafu there on the opening. Sorry about that. I am Jay Pitts, broker owner, Remax Premier Properties here in Louisville, leader J.T. Pitts and Associates, and your host of Resource Real Talk about Louisville Real Estate. Pretty excited for you today. We've got a sister episode to last week's 10 pointers that every new agent to the industry must master. (laughs) I'm seeing myself on the screen now, man. I don't even know what was going on there. Sorry about that. But again, Uh, So, so proud to have you so glad you're back with us here. It's Wednesday at noon. We always go live in the resource real talk about Louisville real estate group on Facebook. If you need to get access to that shoot us a message, you know how to find me it's pretty easy. Uh, We'll get you added if you're a real estate professional here in the Louisville area. This is a place where we share lots of content uh, for both people within our brokerage and uh, people that are outside, just in the community, and want to hear more about the content that we produce. So anyway, I told you just a second ago that I'm really excited about today's topic, and I am, Um, partially because it's not just... New to the industry, agents that we service here at Remax Premier Properties and myself and my career, um, but but some of the most highly productive, highly successful real estate professionals in the industry, and the majority of them, I will say, it's you know they tend to be on the younger side and little less experience—not not thirty years in the business, not not six months either. You know, in terms of the most highly productive agents in our organization, but. Some of the you know, most high-producing agents that are on the cusp of serious like hockey stick growth curves, um, and, and if you know what I mean by the hockey stick by how it stays flat down at the bottom and then just takes a right angle you know upward. These are people that are on the precipice of you know, serious longevity, crazy high production for a long period of time and impacting a lot of lives in the process. So um, what we're going to talk about today is concepts, ideas that must be understood, internalized, achieved, and mastered to become a top producing real estate agent in today's marketplace. So we've done a top 10 list style just like last week. Um, Really excited excited to share with you. I have crowdsourced some of these ideas. I polled some of my, my small group ballers here at Remax Premier Properties for ideas to share with you. Um, and and like I said, these are some of the most impressive individuals in the real estate industry in the Louisville area. And I'm proud to present you with some of their ideas. Some of them are my own. Um, but without further ado, we'll jump right in. So number one on the top 10 list of ideas that must be, again, understood, internalized, achieved, and mastered before you become a top producing real estate agent is just knowing. That the real estate industry, the game, the residential real estate industry, and probably sales in general, but specifically the real estate business, it's a numbers game. Plain and simple. There's really not much more that needs to be said, but essentially, if you don't have the income that you desire, you need to meet with more people. So we, we often talk about KPIs. In our business at JT Pitts and Associates, and I share these ideas with our other team leads, um, just like the gentleman that that, that actually suggested this as an addition to our top ten list. And it's it's KPIs is a key performance indicator, also may be referred to as a key predictive indicator, which basically is just something. It's a, it's an action that happens. Um, that predicts future success or predicts another action. So for example, if you're selling homes, then you need to show a home first or you need to write an offer or you need to get an offer accepted. So so you know, the the lag measure or the result that you're looking for is the home sold. The predicting factor to getting a home sold is Getting an offer accepted. The predicting factor to that is writing an offer. The predicting factor for that is to do a showing. The predicting factor for that is to have a meeting or a conversation. It's just a numbers game. When you're talking about KPIs or lead versus lag measures, as you go down the spectrum from lead to lag, the percentage of conversion gets smaller and smaller. Okay. The truth is is you may need to have a hundred conversations to produce one transaction. So if you want to do two transactions then you need to have two conversations and on and on. It's a very linear relationship. It's just a numbers game. If you don't have the business you want, talk to more people. There is no bad way to generate a lead. It doesn't matter if it's Zillow, if it's realtor.com, if it's Facebook, if it's open houses, if it's door knocking, if it's, you know, cold calling, if it's any of those things, sphere of influence referrals holding client parties, any of those things will work. It's just a numbers game. Talk to more people. Number two, control what you can and release what you can't. This industry will force you into position. And this is actually kind of goes back to, i have to flip the pages in my notebook here and say, refer back to number 10 on the list for new agents. Don't apologize for things that aren't your fault. Control what you can and don't worry about what you can't. There are too many variables, too many things that happen throughout the course of a transaction, throughout the course of representation of any of your clients or would-be clients. You can't control every variable. You will worry yourself to death. You will absorb the anxiety of the other party who's going through a lot. And instead of being the calming influence, you will exacerbate the issue. Okay? If you don't, it's going to be really serious. It's going to be a really serious problem. You must must master the ability to to focus on what you can control and let go of what you can't. Number three, you can win in this business without the other side losing. So we talk, and I think ad nauseum it gets it gets thrown around a little bit about the idea of. Um, you know, a mutually beneficial conclusion. Well, that's possible sometimes, and sometimes it's not. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I I sit here. I sorry, I'm a little distracted because I'm noticing folks are, folks are giving me the LOL on the intro here today, guys. You know, this isn't a perfect. This isn't a perfect operation here. We're doing our best to bring you good content, but we do appreciate you joining in. Going back to the point, you can win without the other side losing. Um, Means and 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 it really is just a matter of perspective, frankly. Okay, if someone has, um, you know, irrational expectations, whether it be a buyer or seller or the listing agent and you're the buyer's agent or vice versa, if someone has irrational expectations, they may get to a mutually beneficial conclusion and not feel that way. They may feel as though they got the short end of the stick. And like so many things, and as you're going to find is going to be ever present in in most of what I discuss in today's list the ability to communicate is at the core of most of these these you know topics these themes these theories that you must master okay so just i think the thing that was probably uh, most at the core for the gentleman that recommended this this to be added to our list today was that you approach each situation, negotiation, each conflict with the understanding and the context that you don't have to win at the expense of others. You can win in conjunction with others. Okay. So, so remember you can win without the other side losing. Number four, difficult conversations, is something that must be mastered the ability to communicate in conflict is the difference between in the business after five years and out of the business after five years you are not going to be able to maintain a level of success that keeps you in the industry without mastering the ability to have difficult conversations. As some would say, that's where all your money's made. Okay, once again, communication is at the core, and often conflict communication is at the core of all success. Every challenge is an opportunity to set apart yourself from the competition. Every conflict is that opportunity. And as, as a mentor of mine, Mr. Tom Ferry, said, your income will be directly related to the size of problem you're, you're capable of solving. Okay? If, if you are a million-dollar earner, it means you can solve million-dollar problems. People with lots of money need someone very qualified to, to be able to mitigate okay, and solve for the conflicts that they're having. Now, I, I'm, not, I'm not, you know, a fan of focusing on luxury business, though I know that that's what a lot of people do. But you need to understand that when the houses get more expensive, the problems get more expensive. So in order for you to make the big bucks, you got to be able to solve the big problems. Now, you could also solve a whole lot of small problems. And that's another, that's another concept. Anyway, difficult conversations. In order To master difficult conversations, you must understand interpersonal communication to the level where you are capable of taking control of any interaction. Regardless of whether you have leverage or you don't, you have to find a way to assume control of a conversation. Your client will expect you to do so. If they must take control of a communication, you just got a pay cut. Whether it happens on this transaction or not remains to be seen, but you're going to lose referrals because the client had to get involved in a way that they expected you to be able to. That's why they entrusted their greatest asset to you, the purchase or sale of your ability to negotiate. Negotiate is, negotiation is communication. Negotiation is difficult conversations, okay? It might be respectful, okay, conflict, but it is still conflict, Understanding how to take control is what will give you the ability to win. All right, another one of my amazing agents says, number five, you need to master the ability to hustle like you never have before. There is no industry that will require of you personally, what this industry will at great levels of success. Now, there is a gap to bridge, the bridge between inexperienced and experienced, the the gap leading up to becoming a top producing agent and and on the other side of that achievement, okay? And there is no number, right? You know, I, I will tell you that I couldn't wait Right? I, I felt like making $100,000 a year in real estate would mean that I arrived. Okay. Um, and frankly, I did it in my first year. So the bar, the, the goal line gets moved constantly. So you need to be prepared for that. But hustle, that's what it takes. You have to be able to work towards this business like you never have worked at anything because it always gets harder before it gets easier. Now, you can reflect upon the 30 to 40-year veteran that makes $250,000 a year selling real estate and doesn't seem to have to work very hard for it. Well, that is years upon years upon decades upon decades of dues paid, okay? They paid the dues, they broke the rocks, and now they're reaping the rewards. But it always, always, always gets harder before it gets easier. And that's with anything. Team building, um, you know, team building is no different. If you're that agent listening to this podcast that is closing 40 deals at transactions a year and running blind to do it with no assistant, with no agents working for you, um, working all sphere of influence business and having everything, doing everything you can to keep up well, the way forward is for you to hire administrative help. That's probably your first move. And buy back time with the help of focusing your energy and attention on dollar productive activities while the administrative help does non-dollar productive activities. That that, you know, customer service standpoint, organization, you know, paperwork, processing, all those things to allow you to do the thing that makes you money, which is sell and build relationships probably build relationships before sell. But, you know, who's here to train that administrative assistant? It's you. So now the daunting task of producing at the level that you must hustling the way you must to keep the train on the tracks and training, administrative help at the same time, it always gets harder before it gets easier. Oh, and by the way, let's just say that first hire doesn't work out so well and they quit after three weeks and you just spent you know an extra 15 hours a week training that person. 45 hours you don't get back and now you got to start the hiring process all over again. Trust me, it always gets harder before it gets easier. But when it gets easier, it snowballs. Okay, You get a little bit of your time back and then you go hire an agent. And you coach that agent up, and then you go get lead sources. Oh, and by the way, you're committed to the expense of those lead sources and that administrative help, even if the agent doesn't bring any additional revenue. It always gets harder before it gets easier. So be prepared to hustle and sacrifice for this the way you have done nothing else prior. Number six, always expect people to suit their own preferences the way they see them. Which is not the same as the way you see them. okay and and let me let me simplify. And let's talk about human nature a little bit. if you and and this this can appeal look, I'm in a leadership's position. I lead about 70 real estate agents, uh, about 30 directly on my sales team, you know the other 40 in, in in some way shape or form of mentorship. So a lot of my perspective comes from, you know the leadership role that I've been in. So, so if you're the agent who's building a team, that I talked about briefly in the last in the last recommendation, um, this applies very much to you. But it can also apply to your clients and, and the win win that they're looking for, right? That mutually beneficial situation that that win without the other side losing. Um, they're going to pursue their preferences as they see them. You know, a relationship that is balanced usually has about 50% effort from both parties, okay? But the truth is, is the perception for either of the parties is that they're giving more than their 50%. You need to understand this. If you pursue 50-50 in any relationship, whether it be, you know, a mentor-mentee, whether it be a marriage or or a close personal relationship, whether it be a client and service provider relationship, an agent and a seller, an agent and a buyer. If you pursue 50-50 in terms of effort, both parties will always be dissatisfied because their perception of their own efforts weighs more heavily in their mind than their perception of yours. So here's the answer. If you're representing a buyer, you give you pursue 100-0 in terms of, of the effort placed in that relationship. If they do nothing to assist you, you do it all. You go all the way, provide them everything that they could ever need with no, with no request in return. Why do you do that? Because it inspires them. It inspires them to see the value that you bring, and when they do it, they will provide effort in return. And then what happens at some point is equilibrium is achieved. And this is really impactful in personal relationships. So I this is not a, you know, I'm not a shrink and we're not going to talk personal relationships, but your significant other, this, this applies to that relationship as well. You become happier when you stop trying to play tit for tat with your spouse or significant other and give them 100% effort. What happens is they are inspired and provide you the same in return, and you end up at equilibrium. All right, so let's move on without. Uh, before I, you know, go down that rabbit hole any further, we're going to talk a little more about inspiration here in a minute. Um, as a reminder, just quick, quick review: numbers game, control what you can, not what you can't. You can win without the other side losing. Master difficult conversations. Hustle like you never have before and don't go for 50-50. It's an illusion. Give 100% and you'll reach equilibrium in any relationship. Number seven, people always. Man, I I mixed number six and seven, Seth. (laughs) 50-50 is an illusion and number seven was people always view their own efforts as more impactful as those of others. That is true. So the seller Let's, get, let's bring it back and instead, um, since I combined those two, let's give, you, let's give you a business example. The seller that does all the work to get the house ready for sale is going to think that that's the reason for the sale and not your marketing, okay? Unless you show them differently, okay? And I'm going to come back to why that's the case here in a minute. But once again, people always view their own efforts as more impactful than those of others, So, you know, you may think that you're the best marketer in the world, and that may be true, but if your client doesn't see it that way, then it doesn't help your business going forward into the future unless you've mastered the ability to have the difficult conversation. All right, number eight, compromise can be a slippery slope. Now, I I know some of you may be thinking, you're like, what? You know, how is it possible that compromise, which is such a positive... Has such a positive connotation. How could it possibly uh, have any sort of negative impact, right? And and the connotation of slippery slope is one of you know it's it's negative impact. So let let me let me tell you what I mean. Um, if you don't know how to communicate compromise properly, okay, then you offer more than is required, okay, and. A lot of people, this kind of goes back to apologizing for things that aren't your fault. If you're compensating for something, then the idea is that there's a reason for it, right? Have you done something wrong to solicit that, to elicit that compromise, okay? So a great example is commission cutting, okay? So let's um, let's say you're going through a transaction, things are going well, uh you get to the point where you know the client is you know frustrated because they've had to concede after inspections a little more than they would have liked you know their net is not quite what they wanted and you know turns out the taxes are a little bit higher than you estimated on their net sheet because they gave you inaccurate information there was an assessment that you weren't aware of you went by the by the last year's tax bill and their net ends up after getting cut by the inspection by the buyer, you know, their net gets cut again because the tax prorations are higher and they look at you and they say, gosh, Jay, I'm not walking away with anything. You think you could help me out on the commission? Jeez. Okay. So you did nothing wrong in that circumstance, right? Did nothing wrong in that circumstance. And if you compromise and offer, you have the opportunity to become the hero that, that, that takes them from dissatisfied to satisfied and thus getting yourself an opportunity at referrals in the future. Or you have the opportunity to go far too far and encourage them to ask for even more. Okay? Now, in this example, we're nearing the finish line, so there's probably not much opportunity, but it's especially true early on. So now, now let's take the same example. Okay, and let's say they didn't like their net sheet at the listing appointment and you cut your commission a half a point to appease the fact that they they weren't they didn't have as much equity as they thought they did. So now, they're going to come after your commission at inspection. They're going to come after your Uh, commission. If there's a low appraisal, they're going to come after your inspection. If there's something at the walk or your commission, if there's something at the walkthrough and they're going to come after your commission at the closing table when their net's not as much as they want because your compromise led them to believe that you were willing to overcompensate for things that weren't your fault. You were willing to accept responsibility for their equity. Okay. Now I love my clients. Okay. But people in general don't act their best when they're emotional. And so going back to having difficult conversations, if you've mastered that, if you've mastered the the communication, then you should never find yourself in a situation where compromise is inappropriate. Okay, for you team leads, negotiating commission splits is another one. Know your value. Provide your value and stick to it. Okay? Because let me tell you something. If you're willing to acquiesce, if you're willing to compromise then the expectation is that compromise will continue. Know your value, okay? If you're negotiating commission splits and you're having a hard time justifying it to your agents and people keep leaving and it's a revolving door, step up your value. Don't raise your commissions, okay? If your clients keep telling you you're you're, 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 you're you know overpriced for the market, either explain to them why the market is devalued and why you're different or step up your value. That's really the long and short of it. All right. Number nine. Please understand, and this, uh, th- this, this is what's going to aid you in your communication. This is what's going to set the tone for you being the person that can handle the difficult conversation effectively. It's impossible to be inspirational without first being inspired. Okay, now this applies to your clients, it repli- you know, applies to the people you lead. But the truth is, you're able to take control, going back to another, another number on the, on the list here. You can take control of the situation when you are inspired and therefore inspirational in any you know, relationship. When people know they want to work with you because you get results and you're inspired by what you do, Okay, it's easy to inspire them to come along on that ride with you. I think this is incredibly important. We all know the ca- type of people that when they walk in the room, this is another Tom ferryism, where the plants like wilt like on you know on arrival of the person with the really negative attitude that walks in the room, the person who never find never misses an opportunity to complain. We all know people like that. Don't be that person. Be the antithesis of that person. Be the person, and I will tell you the people, the staff here at Remax are—they're—they're they're probably annoyed. Frankly, you know, Marcy's probably out there watching this live as we speak, um, knowing what I'm about to say. But they know I, there's. I arrive at the office one of two ways. I'm either on the phone and quiet when I walk in the door because I'm listening to the other person talking, or I arrive with the. Energy of ten people. Okay, okay. there is no two, there is no third way. I'm either on the phone in communication or I bring it because you must first be inspired before you can be inspirational. Starts with you. Number ten. Last but not least, growth requires flexibility. So you're going to hear a lot about discipline, and frankly, discipline is one of my core values, okay? It's one of my team's core values. It's something that I really, because I think the difference between, between good and great is discipline. The ability to get better results than people equally as talented is discipline. You know the right thing to do. You don't need to listen to this podcast to know these things are true that I've just listed for you today. The challenge and the difference, and maybe the difference between you and me and maybe not, is that I do these things every single day. I work towards mastery on these items every day, every day without fail. That's discipline, okay? But you can't be so disciplined that you lose the ability to flex. And if there's nothing that 2020 has taught us more, it's that growth requires flexibility, Understanding when the market moves, and I thought about putting know the market and and be able to prognosticate and project where the market's headed um, on this list, but that you know, truthfully, th- this list is a little more esoteric. It's a little more you know philosophical. Um, it's about who you are versus what you do. So, really, what I need you to understand is that being able to pivot, being nimble. We are the definition of a small business, okay? For those of you that I talked about earlier that are struggling to to serve all aspects of your business and the thought of trying to hire an administrative person on top of that and, you know, invest the time and energy in that that's needed, that's a daunting task. You're the definition of a small business. You literally are the you know the, the hostess the cook the waiter the you know the bartender the chef the sous chef you're ever you're the you're the janitor okay but you the good side is that you're nimble and understanding how to pivot if you were if you were a, a, a 20 year veteran Looking at having a great year, you know the pinnacle of a really nice, you know, long-standing, you know, positive incline real estate market. This past spring, the world threw you a curveball, and you know we're currently down seventeen hundred listings on the year by comparison to twenty nineteen in Louisville, and for a market that has about twenty eight hundred listings active at right now, I mean that that could almost double our inventory, and. You know, 80% of your business is list side business, but guess what? If you didn't have the presence of mind to pivot in March towards buy side business at different price points that were more active because of the pandemic, then you've had a terrible year. And the share that we've gained by being flexible, it came from you. And I hate saying that, it pains me. But the truth is, is that our growth has come from picking up business from agents who are are unwilling or unable to be flexible. You know, lead sources, you know, that that people are much maligned. I won't I won't name names, but there are agents who think that we have outside influences on our business that are going to destroy us. The truth is that agents cheese got moved and they're afraid to be flexible. Okay, Discount brokerage, it's here to stay, folks. As long as we have such a disparity between supply and demand, discount brokerage is here. Seller's markets are the new normal. Interest rates are as low as they could be. We're stimulating the market as much as we can to incentivize people to bring. You know, when you're, when the interest rates, everybody thinks interest rates impact buyers most. They actually impact sellers. They impact sellers because the home is more affordable to more people. It actually, dri- interest rates going down drives the price of real estate up. It's an inverse relationship. So your equity increases. We're do- the, the economy has been propped up the best it could. So if you're a listing agent, and it, it, that's 75% of your business, fear of influence, repeat and refer a listing business, because you've been at this 30 years, you better get, get, get ready for a slow couple of years if you're not willing to pivot because growth requires flexibility. One last review, numbers game. It's just, just math. Control what you can. You can win without the other side losing. At the core of most of this, and I wish I would have made it number 10, but number four is difficult conversations, and you must learn to take control of them. Number five, hustle because it never gets easier. It only gets harder. Number six, always expects people to suit their own interests. 50-50 is an illusion. Number seven, people always, and number six exists because people always value their own efforts as more impactful than yours. Number eight, compromise is a slippery slope. Okay? You get what you give in appropriate amounts. So be measured in what you offer. Number nine, it is impossible to be inspirational without first being inspired. Bring the energy and the people around you will respond. Number 10, growth requires flexibility. Be prepared to pivot. Hope this was impactful for you guys. I got lots of feedback after last week's episode. Um, that's why we decided to do this one today. But once again, 10 Things That You Must Understand, Internalize, Achieve, and Master to Become a Top Agent in the Residential Real Estate Space. Uh, Once again, you can find us on iTunes or wherever you podcast would appreciate a five-star review. We don't like four stars. Just kidding. We'll take them, but five is preferred. Um, If you've left a review before, why don't you leave another one? That would be nice. We could appreciate that as well. Um, You can find us on social, Facebook, Instagram, uh reels my man seth is introducing me to the world of instagram reels so check us out there uh you can always send us an email or find me online any of our channels to get added to the private facebook group that the episode is live in right now it will be posted to youtube later once again wednesdays at noon we appreciate you tuning in uh we're on another run we're going to keep it going as long as we can Uh, hope everyone is well. Thank you for tuning in once again for resource, real talk about Louisville real estate. I'm Jay Pitts. See you soon.